Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, February the 8th, and my mission is to serve the people of Cumberland North, to build unity and trust, to influence legislation and public policy for the greater good, to educate and build capacity for our people in our area, and to build a world-class healthcare system and improve our population health. The work of a member of a legislative assembly is both proactive and reactive. Proactive work is important to build a vision for a better world. It is imperative that we work together with others to achieve these results. We present new legislation and amend existing legislation, all with the purpose to improve the lives of the people we serve for a better future. Reactive type work involves responding directly to the needs of our constituents, the members of our communities in all areas. During this pandemic, of course, the majority of the work in our office is responding to questions and concerns stemming from the COVID-19 global pandemic. Now, in a perfect world, reactive type work provides important insight into government legislation and regulations that require amendment and positive change. These proposed legislative amendments are discussed with caucus colleagues and caucus staff, our political team, and then decisions are made as to what action should next take place. My days are busy responding to questions and concerns that people have related to the pandemic, and most questions are related to our geographical location that we reside in. This work over the past 10 months has placed a spotlight on the importance of maritime and Atlantic Canada cooperation. Many have spoken to me of a need for a maritime coalition. Now, coalition simply means people working together temporarily for a common goal. Whether you believe in a complete merger of the maritime provinces or if you just want to see us all working together instead of silos that we are currently working in, this pandemic has certainly highlighted the need for us to renew talks of a maritime or Atlantic provincial alliance to create a stronger region in this part of Canada. I have formed a strong working relationship with neighboring MLA Megan Mitten. The people living on each side of our Nova Scotia-New Brunswick border mirror one another, sharing family, work, school, and healthcare services. Megan and I have asked for consideration of our border communities when public health protocols are being made. And often, not always, but often, our requests fall on deaf ears. It's not too late to form a maritime coalition during this pandemic. In fact, it's never too late to correct mistakes of the past when we know we can and should do better. I am certainly looking for ways to improve legislation for here in Nova Scotia to make sure that when decisions are made, they are made through the lens of a maritime and Atlantic Canada perspective. Whether it's an emergency alert system, whether it's trying to conquer the problem of illegal drugs coming into our community, whether it's managing and planning our healthcare services, we must be working collaboratively and cooperation with our neighboring maritime provinces. 
So this pandemic has shone a light on this issue, and it's given us an opportunity to make improvements, improvements for the better. I try to explain to my colleagues and to my friends that live in Halifax and Dartmouth area just how hard this pandemic has been on our border community. And I ask them to imagine for a moment that the border was between Halifax and Dartmouth. Imagine that families could not see one another and that healthcare services were denied to those who live on the other side of the border. Imagine that they are allowed to cross the bridge to go to work, but then they must go there and directly come home. And when they do come home, they must stay home and not allowed to go to the grocery store or other public spaces. Oh, and you must also get a weekly COVID-19 test. Imagine that you have family that live two minutes away, but on the other side of the bridge, and that you're forbidden to see them. It actually is breaking the law if you see them. But you can visit your family that live four hours in the other direction. Imagine your son coming home from attending classes that day in university and breaking down crying at the kitchen table from the stress from the border official who put him through the Spanish Inquisition on his way home from classes today as he crossed the border. Imagine receiving a call, canceling your surgery that's been booked for over a year, but it's being canceled because you live on the other side of the border. Imagine being a business owner and 50% of your customers, although they only live on the other side of the border, 10 minutes away, cannot come to your business and you're being forced to consider closing and laying all of your employees off. These are some of the examples that I try to give to my friends and colleagues that live in other parts of the province. And giving the example of Halifax Dartmouth sometimes, sometimes, not always, but sometimes helps people to understand just how interconnected our communities are here in Cumberland and Westmoreland counties. These are challenging times. I'm not denying that. And we are proud of the low COVID-19 numbers that we have here in Cumberland and through all of Nova Scotia. But we must consider the stress that the restrictions are causing to the people that live in our border communities. There appears to be an increase of domestic abuse and other societal problems. And there is a need for common sense rules to be made in border communities in collaboration with our neighboring province. It's time for our provinces to start working together. Other issues that I worked on last week but are not limited to include issues such as affordable housing, healthcare issues including lack of family physicians, lack of access to medical specialists for mental illness, compensation and relief uh, package for our border businesses, mental illness and recovery program, transportation and infrastructure permits, residential tenancy issues, student loans, cancer care, road repairs, education student concerns, the Pugwash Lighthouse, Pugwash Point Lighthouse, lack of available ambulances when in need, uh, and new business supports. So those are just a few of the other issues that I worked on last week. Last week on February the 4th, it was World Cancer Day. 
Now, cancer touches each one of us. My own mother died at the young age of 28 from a type of skin cancer called melanoma. I didn't know her well because I was only five years old at the time of her passing. And one of our sons was diagnosed with cancer when he was only 16. It was a type of sarcoma. Thankfully, the surgery for my son was able to remove all of the cancer. And today, he remains a healthy, vibrant young man. The fact of the matter is cancer affects all of us. Cancer is the leading cause of death in Canada. And more than 80,000 people die a year from Canada in Canada from cancer. Now, with this pandemic, we've lost over 20,000 people. And that's awful. It's, it's tragic. It's sad. But I think of cancer and the fact that every year, over 80,000 people die from this disease. Can you imagine what we could accomplish if we put the same efforts and resources into finding a cure for cancer and effective treatments, the impact that that would have in our population and in our society? On a smaller scale, one of the needs that I see for Cumberland North is a cancer center. Our cancer navigator, Susan Lawrence, informed me a couple of months ago that we are the only regional hospital in Nova Scotia that does not administer chemotherapy. We do administer very, very basic types of chemo here at our hospital, but most people with a cancer diagnosis are forced to travel to Moncton and Halifax for treatment. This travel is costly and it's hard on patients and families. So I believe it's time for us to look at a cancer center here. And with the change in virtual care that we have been able to attain through this pandemic and the learning that we've seen from that, I believe a cancer center would, could also provide virtual visits with oncology specialists and other cancer-related medical appointments. We could provide screening for early detection. We could provide education and support for patients and families, along with administration of chemotherapy. So a cancer center is a goal I will be working to achieve for the people of our area. Last week, I also held several meetings with our municipal leaders, with several of our municipal leaders. We discussed priorities for each community in Cumberland North, and I look forward to working with these individual councillors as well as collectively with their council bodies to achieve our shared priorities. This week in politics, I have a busy week scheduled. Uh, one of the things on the agenda is actually to meet with the Amherstown Council today to share my vision for the area, and that will be today at 4 p.m. Pandemic update. Vaccines have revolutionized global health, and it all started with Edward Jenner when he created the first vaccine for smallpox years ago. The COVID-19 vaccine is in no doubt the solution for slowing the death toll of COVID-19 coronavirus. It would appear, however, that there's problems within the federal government. Whoever was in charge of purchasing COVID-19 vaccine for Canada uh, has failed. The supply of vaccine has dried up and provinces like ours here in Nova Scotia are waiting for more shipment, more supply of vaccine to arrive while we're watching other countries around the world vaccinate their population. Currently here in Nova Scotia, 17,295 people have received their first and second doses of the COVID-19 vac vaccine. That is 1.8% of the population. 4,681 people have received their first dose only. So patience is growing thin with the lack of vaccine supply. 
and we'll certainly be keeping a watch on that. As of Monday morning, Nova Scotia has eight active cases of COVID-19 in Nova Scotia. There was one new active case announced yesterday in the central zone, and it's related to travel from outside of Atlantic Canada. We have one person in ICU here in Nova Scotia. In New Brunswick, as of Monday morning, there were 203 active cases of COVID-19 in New Brunswick, so their numbers are coming down. There were seven new active cases announced yesterday, Sunday, and there are seven people in hospital in New Brunswick, as well as two people in the ICU. There are 41 active cases of COVID-19 in the neighboring area of Zone 1 in New Brunswick. I would like to send birthday greetings to anyone celebrating a birthday this week. And I'll make special mention for a few people. Today on Monday, Peter Bird and Ruth Pond are celebrating a birthday. On Tuesday, Tom Summers and Gretchen Smith. On Wednesday, Carolyn Mundell, special woman in Pugwash. I love her and her husband, Bill. Uh, so Carolyn Mundell and Owen Fisher are celebrating on Wednesday. On Thursday, Donna Hutchinson and Sarah Ripley are celebrating. On Friday, Keith Messenger and Brenda Jones. And on Saturday, a very special, I'm going to say young woman, she's my age, <laughs> I think of that as young, uh, Vicki Vandenberg. Vicki and I went to high school together at Pugwash District High School, so sending special birthday greetings to Vicki Vandenberg, as well as Sherry McKenzie on Saturday. I would like to send my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one at this time, and I will mention to the family and friends of Shirley Evelyn Ferguson as well as Frida Gallagher. Anyone else that has lost a loved one at this time, please accept my condolences. I would like to extend my gratitude to Mr. Ron Bickle and CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my weekly constituency MLA update. I encourage you to reach out to my office if you have any provincial concerns and if you have any concerns that you're not sure which level of government they fall into, whether it's municipal, provincial, or federal, feel free to give my office a call. My staff and I are here to serve you, and we will uh, do our best to get answers and solutions to any issue that you bring our way. As I finish off today, I want to mention a special event coming up on February the 26th. It is Johnny Cash's birthday. And Bert McQuaid and friends will be holding a fundraiser at the food bank or for the food bank in Pugwash. You can support this by purchasing Johnny Cash cupcakes, which are going to be made by Cheryl's Bakery in Pugwash. You can place your order by calling the bakery at 902-243-2156. George Baker, one of our town councillors here in Amherst, is actually going to be traveling to Pugwash the morning of February 26th, and he'll be picking up any orders that come from the Amherst area and delivering them here in Amherst. So anyone can place orders wherever you're at for Johnny Cash cupcakes in support of the food bank in Pugwash. Please give Cheryl's a call. She makes amazing treats. Everyone, I hope you have a great week ahead. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay well. Take care of yourself and take care of others.